Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Merry Christmas, everybody. We want to welcome you to the second of our four Christmas Eve services, and we're glad that you are here this early afternoon. I'm very excited because uh, tonight I get a chance to, uh, this evening I get a chance to talk to you about Christmas, the gift of peace. Now, I want to tell you something that you probably don't know about me, uh, and uh, so it's amazing. I've been here 21 years as a pastor, and there's a lot of things you still don't know about me. And that is that my father was a very, very extreme uh, Western person. He consumed Westerns. And some of you will get this because, like at our house, it was like, you know, there was God, there was Jesus, there was the Holy Spirit, and there was John Wayne. I mean, like, it's, I'm not even kidding. Like, John Wayne was it, you know. Cussing wasn't cussing at our house when John Wayne did it, you know. So... Anyways, it's, I think about the reason I tell you that is because, you know, I grew up watching a lot of westerns, a lot of wild, uh, wild western movies, you know, cowboy and Indians kind of thing. And what I noticed is, is I noticed that uh, that there would be times where the Indians and the cowboys would be trying to seek peace, like we're still trying today, we want to be, live at peace with each other. And what they would do, they would the Indian would invite the cowboy into their little a tribe there and they had all their teepees set up and the, the chief would come out and he would light up a peace pipe and they would share a smoke of that peace pipe and that meant that they would forever be uh, at peace they would not be at war with each other again now you know I don't know if that's what's going on in Colorado or not but anyways uh, you know I don't, I don't know but but uh, anyway anyhow uh, but I'm telling you that we've been in a search for peace and what I want to share with you this afternoon as I promise you, if you would just hang with me just for the next few moments, you're not, this is not going to be a wasted time. This is going to be a time that you can learn the essentials of peace. I want to be honest with you that I have, what I'm sharing with you is what I have learned over the last several years of my life. And I want to share with you so that you don't have to go through some of the stuff that I went through, that you can get it tonight, and that you can leave here knowing how to begin to live in peace. And so these essentials that I have, I'm going to share with you. They're going to be on the screen, and they'll be on your outline as well so that you can write them down and remember them. All right? So the first one I'd like for you to write down is this. The three essentials of peace is, number one, I must express an attitude of humility. An attitude of humility. When you learn to do that, it's like the light sort of comes on in your in your heart you know it just sort of begins to shine when you learn to live in humility it's this sense of peace that happens in your life now as I want to share with you tonight I'm not just going to go out of my journey I'm going to tell you things that I've learned from the Christmas story and it's there to teach us there's some characters there that teach us all these principles 
And so, you know, just like the video shared tonight, I'm sort of going to do the uh, short version, the Jeff version of the Christmas story to catch us up. And, and if we see all of a sudden that it starts with a young teenager by the name of Mary, and Mary's minding her own business, and then an angel shows up out of nowhere and begins to talk to her. And basically says, yo, Mary, you know, you are, have been chosen by God to bring his son to existence in this world. And she begins to ask the question, well, how is that going to be? I've never been with a man. And she says, and the angel says, no, you don't understand. It's going to be through the Holy Spirit. And that you're going to the Holy Spirit is going, going to help you conceive a child. You'll never be with a man. And it's just going to be a miracle. And through all of this, Mary begins to hear what the angel says and listen to her response as soon as, after everything is said, look what, she, look what she says. It's on your outline. Here we go. Luke 1 and 38. It says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And when she said that, the angel left her. Isn't that amazing to me is that you know, she has an encounter with the angel, and there's a promise about Jesus, and all of a sudden, we see this great young lady who's, I'm sure a teenager has all these questions, like, okay, well, she didn't even, you know, she didn't even ask the angel, okay, what's, what are you going to tell my parents? I mean, what, what, you parents here, we're, we're parents, I mean, if it's parents in this room, what would you do if your child come home and said, hey, mom, dad, you know, I got a baby inside of me, and an angel said, it's God's son. You're like, What? You know what I'm saying? You, you ain't fooling me, you know what I'm saying? And so we would, we would go into that mode, right? Well, all of a sudden, the angel, and she didn't ask about Joseph or anything. She just said, let it be to me as you have said. And I want to tell you, one of the ways that you know that humility has really taken shape in your life is when you're willing to say yes to God, even though you don't understand it all. Did you hear that? Humility sits in when you say yes to God, when you can't understand it all. You don't see his whole plan. You don't know what's going on. You just say yes to God. And so we see that Mary displayed this humility. Now we go a little bit further in the Christmas story, and we find another person that, uh, that has the option here. All of a sudden, there's a guy by the name of King Herod. Let me set it up for you again, like the video set it up. There were three wise men that come from the east, and as they were coming in, you know, they come to Jerusalem. They had been following the star, and, it, and they stopped in Jerusalem because there was a palace there. They said, hey, we understand there's going to be somebody that's going to be born king of the Jews. We want to know where they are. And Herod was a king, and Herod, it freaked him out. He become paranoid. You see, you know what happens when, when you're full of pride? Because you, when you're full of pride, all of a sudden, when you're full of pride, it begins to make you panic. Look what Herod said. It's on your outline. I want you to take it from me. It says this, when King Herod heard this, he was what? Disturbed. Why don't you, on the count of three, you just shout out, freaked out. You ready? One, two, three. That's right. He was super freaky. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> he was freaked out. Why? Because Herod was so, he panicked. You see, Mary had heard the news the baby was coming, that she was, the news of Jesus was coming was through her. And what did she do? She humbled herself. She said, okay, Lord, whatever you have planned. Then Herod heard this. He heard it. He said, heck no. 
He said, I don't have time for this, and I'm not following anybody. You know, and his, all of a sudden, his pride began to flow inside of him and, and rise up. And pride always, pride with Herod, tried to kill Jesus. And let me just tell you what pride does. Pride kills our relationship with God. It kills our relationship with God. Pride doesn't just kill your relationship with God. Pride kills your relationship with everybody else as well. Pride, pride says, I don't need you. I can live without you. I'm going to, matter of fact, I'm going to get you out of my life. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people that are, that are going through relational issues right now this Christmas season because somebody has said, I don't need you anymore. Pride says, I don't need you. I can live without you. And so we see that God is not in favor of this. And let me just say this about pride before we move on. You know, pride makes you the Grinch. Your heart starts shrinking. When we're full of pride, our heart begins to shrink, and we become the Grinch in our families and in our lives, and everybody else around us sees us as that. But look what God says about it on your outline. There's a verse in James 4, 6, and I'd like you to read out loud these first four words out loud with me. You ready? Let's read them. God opposes the... Let me just stop right there. Now, I don't know about you, but any time that I read something like that, that God opposes, that means God's against you. You understand? God's against the proud. If you're prideful, that means God's against you. It doesn't mean that, okay, he's going to sit back and and see what happens. No, no. That means that, that God is working against you as well. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so we have to see these two, either you're going to choose humility and you're going to say, God, I'm willing to say yes, whatever you want to do in my life. Or are you going to choose pride and say, no, God, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I don't even want you. And it'll be the spirit of Herod that tries to kill Jesus. And so the Bible gives us a very practical way to practice humility, to express humility. And so if you look on your outline with me at Philippians 4, 6, there is four words here. Let's read those four words again together. Here we go. Don't worry about. Okay, what does that not cover? The word anything. What does that word anything not cover, right? It covers everything, right? Look at me just a second. This is one of the most hardest, hardest commands in the Bible. You see, we think about the commands, right? We think about the Big Ten, like, you know, don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Don't commit adultery, you know, don't kill. I'm like, okay, check, check, check. But when it just said, don't worry about anything, I'm in trouble. And so are you, right? And so there has to be a strategy for this and the bible goes on he goes on he doesn't just stop there but look what he says he says don't worry about anything instead what pray about everything pray about everything you see that's going to be your response to life one of the two you're either going to be prideful and you're going to panic or you're going to be humble and you're going to pray prideful i panic humble i pray and see when you're full of pride pride doesn't just stop with saying i don't need you all of a sudden fear begins to get a get a hold of you and then anger is breathed from that and you become a very bitter angry person when we're full of pride but when you're humble and you pray 
it changes you. And so this Christmas, if you want to have a Merry Christmas, I want to give you the challenge to do that. I put this on the, on the screen and in your outline so that you could remember. I'd like for us to just read it together. You ready? Come on, let's read. Practicing pride leads me to panic. Practicing humility leads me to... Okay. That word practicing, you could substitute another word. You know what that word could be? The habit of pride. You know, it's something that you do over and over again. The habit of pride or the habit of prayer. So I would ask you this. Which one is going to be your new habit in 2017? Is it going to be pride or prayer? You see, that's what, it's your choice. It's my choice. And guess what? I get to choose that every day, right? I get to choose to say, I don't need you. I don't, I don't have time for you. I've got this. Or I have time to stop and say, God, what do you want here? Any time that I make decisions without asking God, I am saying, I know better than you, God, and that makes me prideful, right? And so this 2017, and so you're going to experience peace like never before because you and I are going to learn that we're going to pray. We're going to pray. So I have a next step for you. On the back of this card right here, we call them connection cards here at SEC. I'd like you to take that out because there's a next step to take it. And look what it says. I think this is so great. It says, I will do my best to keep prayer a prayer-filled mind that I might have a peace-filled life. Wow, did you see that? Merry Christmas, everybody. I mean, just think, if you get that down, then that means that tonight you can leave out of here tonight and you can begin to receive peace. When you have a prayer-filled mind, you'll have a peace-filled life. There it is. Put that in your peace pipe and smoke it. Never mind, all right. Okay. All right, let me give you the second one. I, this is even better than you thought it was going to be on Christmas Eve, isn't it? You think of me just coming, hum, 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 let's go home. No! You want to have a Merry Christmas and, and a 2017 like no other. Okay, the second thing I want to tell you, the essential to peace is this. Would you write this down? Is that I must experience a God moment of truth. I must experience a God moment of truth. When you do that, all of a sudden the light begins to come on inside of your heart and you begin to receive this peace when you experience this. Now, again, we're, we're going into the, to the Christmas story and I wanted to talk to you. You know, first of all, we talked about Mary, how that she humbled. We talked about Herod, how that he was full of pride. Well, I'd like to take you to this God moment with another character in the, in the Christmas story, another person, I should say, and that is Joseph. Joseph, just think about Joseph in all of this. Now, he's a guy that, you know, we sing a lot about Mary. She makes a lot of songs and all this stuff. But poor old Joseph, he doesn't get a lot of credit, does he? But Joseph had to be a man. You know what I'm talking about? Look what the Bible says. Let's just go right in and now to explain that. Look what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. That means engaged, by the way. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to what? Okay, okay let me stop right there just a second. You see, in, in the biblical days, when a person was betrothed or engaged, that means that they, they had already done everything. The marriage was already set. They just hadn't had the wedding date. They were just committed to each other. They hadn't been together intimately or anything like that. But it was like they were already married. 
And this says, the reason this says, Joseph, when Joseph heard that Mary was pregnant, he didn't go, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He didn't do that, right? He didn't say, and listen, we think that, okay, when the angel appeared to Mary, all of a sudden, you know, she was impregnated, and then the next day she went to Joseph and said, I'm pregnant. No, 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 no. Don't you think that Mary waited to see if there was going to be a little pooch there before she started talking to Joseph? I mean, don't you think that there was a little bit of sun? Don't you think she waited a little bit to see if this thing was really going to happen? And, and guess, once she started showing, she had to go tell Joseph. And then guess what? Joseph had to have some time. I want to tell you, Joseph, he didn't automatically say, let's just go do this. No, Joseph's perspective was this, is that I'm going to put you away privately because I don't want to see you killed. Because in the, in the Bible days, in the Old Testament, that if a woman had run around on you, you had the right to have her stoned in the public square. You see that? I mean, that's what he's talking about here. Joseph said, I'm going to put you away privately because he's a good man. That means I'm not going to watch him murder you in the streets. I'm just going to do it quietly so you don't get stoned to death. But he was going to put her away, right? It goes on to say this. He had this mind to divorce her quietly. So Joseph had a perspective that wasn't God's perspective. Joseph only saw what he saw, and that's all he saw. How many times were we like that? When God's trying to speak to us, when, you know, when something's going on in your life and you just see it one way, that's the only way, you just see it one way and that's all that Joseph sees. It couldn't be any other way. There's no way that, that you could be expecting a child without sleeping around. That's the truth. But all of a sudden, Joseph had a God moment. Look at what it says here. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream said, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to, to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you, notice that, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. You see, Joseph had a God moment of truth, and that God moment of truth See, all that he saw things one way. That's all that he saw. But when he opened up his heart to God and God was able to reveal to him truth, then he saw it God's way. And everything changed. And, and because of that, we have the Christmas story. We have Joseph and Mary and the manger because Joseph was willing to open up to the God truth in his life. And it changed everything for him. You know what? I want to be honest with you. There's a couple of things in my life that God's used to have that all of a sudden moment. You know, some me, it's church. That's why I've loved church my whole life. You know what? I've been sitting in a church service just like you're sitting in right now. And guess what? God has spoken truth to me. All that I saw things one way. And then after hearing God's word and the Holy Spirit speaking, all of a sudden I saw it another way. And I, it brought change in my life. Reading the Bible, the re that's why I read the Bible. You know why? Because when I read the Bible, it's amazing how that all of a sudden I think it's one way and then God says something else and all of a sudden I see a truth that changes my life. It gives me peace. I want to be honest with you. About 10 to 15 years ago, I was consumed with fear. And by the way, fear makes you angry. 
I was eaten up with it, you know, and listen, I was a kind of, I was a pastor of this church, you know, I read my Bible, I prayed, I'm a tither, I was tithing, I did all the things that you can check off to say, okay, this ought to get me in good with God, but still there was something missing. It got so bad to where I was like, you know what, Rhonda and I wasn't driving so well, I wasn't driving well with my kids and, and, and everybody around me. So I went and met with a counselor, like, listen, you've got to help me straighten my wife out. I mean, that's why we go to counseling, right? I mean, it's not for us. Heck no. And we went there, and said, I'm going to straighten her out. You know, and I'm, I'm going to straighten my kids out and everybody else out, you know, because I certainly don't have a problem. And so anyway, as I sit down in front of that counselor, and we met about three times, you know, and so I've got my, I'm serious, I'm taking a little notebook in there with me. I'm like, okay, now tell me what to do for her. And that guy looked at me right in the eye. I'm looking at him. He said, you don't trust God. I'm like, you shut up. I mean, I felt that way. I felt like, how can you tell? I'm a man of God. I, I went through my list. I read my Bible. I pray every day. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm all this stuff. He said, you can be all that stuff you want to, but the bottom line is you don't trust God. And because you don't trust God, you don't trust anybody else either. And let me tell you something. Love cannot grow if there's no trust. Amen? And so, you know what? I didn't want to hear that. I had the Joseph moment. I mean, it was like, you know, he, he wasn't an angel. I can tell you, he was not an angel. But God used him to tell me that truth. And that changed my life. And you know what? It changed my wife. You know why? It wasn't anything about her. It was everything about me. You know what? Once I changed and I started trusting, then she could start loving. And I could start loving. So here's what I want to tell you before I move on on this point. Listen to this. What are you pretending is not a problem in your life? What is it in your life that, what are you saying, what kind of problem do you have that you're pretending is not there? You know, and that's called denial. And let me tell you something, as long as you're denying a problem, God can't even help you. But the moment that you come clean with God and you have that God moment of truth, it changes everything. It changes everything. Look what the Bible says. In John 8, Jesus said this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of what? The world. I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have, have the light that leads to life. Notice that. You have the light that leads to life. You see, that's what Jesus does. That's the, that's the job of Jesus. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. It's what? Is that he's to shine the light in the areas that you have darkness in. Because, listen, you can't get better until that darkness is exposed. Because if you keep doing the wrong thing and you don't know what the right thing is, you can never get right. You can never be right as long as you're walking the wrong direction, right? And that's Jesus' job. To show you what the right thing is. I want to say this tonight. There's some of you here today that may not have a personal relationship with Jesus. 
And so to this afternoon, on this Christmas Eve, I want to offer you that opportunity. And I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, and I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to stand up, come down, raise your hand, none of that. I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if this is you, you say, God, that's me too, and he'll, God will hear you. Let me let's just pray for you. Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my life. Lord, shine the light on the areas that will make me better, oh God. You see this anger that I have. You see this fear that I have, God. You see all these things that are going on inside of me. And I ask you right now, God, to come into my life and forgive me and save me. I need the Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you've prayed that prayer with me, before you go, I pray that sometime before you go, on the back of this card, there's a, it says the next step is called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I pray that you will actually check that box so we can pray for you. There's a statement that I have on here. On the, it's going to come up on the screen now. I want to give it to you, and it says this. When I receive God's truth, I open myself up to receive God's what? Peace. Isn't that what you want? You have to open yourself up to that. Okay, so number three is this. Number three, the third, so we've seen Mary, we saw Herod, we saw Joseph. Now let's talk about the shepherds. Let me give you the point. Here it is. I must expect Jesus to help me. I must expect Jesus to help me. I want to let you write that down, and then we're going to go right into this because it's the shepherds. The most unlikely people are out in the field, and all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears to them. And look what happens right here. Look what it says. It says, the angel said to them, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. you will be, uh, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth what? Peace, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, what's those next two words? What'd they say? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and what? See. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Why, would, why did they go and see? Because this, the angel had appeared to them and said, listen, in the town in Bethlehem, the Savior is born. Jesus has been born. And they said, you know what? If this is true, let's go and see. They believed what they had heard. So they, let, they, they said, let's go see. You know the problem that we have? Okay, here we go. I'm about to give you another Merry Christmas moment. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Here it is. The problem that we have that causes more stress than anything else is our expectation of people is way too high and our expectation of God is way too low. <laughs> don't, don't we say that? Well, it looks like my wife would have done this. It looks like my kids should have done this. It looks like my parents should have done this. It looks like they should have known. It looks like the people, it looks like they should have. What is that? That's all expectation, right? They should have done this. We live our lives in expectations of people way up here. And guess what? We live our lives in expectations of God way down here. And I would dare to say that most of us sitting in this room are getting exactly from God what we expect. Whoa, 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 Geronimo. You expect nothing, you get nothing. You know, my mother taught me this lesson. 
I was 14 years old, and I was full of pride, arrogant little cuss. I don't know what that is, but I've heard that, and it's not good, so I don't know. But anyways, I was arrogant, and my mom said to me, said, Jeff, what do you want for your birthday? I said, ah, nothing. My birthday rolled around April the 19th. <laughs> Guess what I got? Nothing. You know what? Ever since that day, when anybody asks me, what would you like for your birthday? I make a list. God is asking you, what do you want this Christmas? What would you like for Christmas? What would you like for me to do with you? And guess what? You're not saying it verbally, but in your heart you're saying, nothing. Absolutely nothing. God, I don't need you. I don't want you. Lord, I'm glad to know you there in case of emergency. i got to take care of this. i got to find a solution. And God is saying, if you would just ask me. But we're asking everybody else, right? And then they're not doing what we want them to do. And we're mad at them. We expect too much from people, too little from God. So here's the situation right here. It's on the screen. Look what it says. Let's read it together. You ready? Peace comes when I lower my expectations of people and I raise my expectation of God. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. You know what that means? That means when you open gifts after a while or in the morning, before you do, you should lower your expectations. Because some of you are expecting a diamond ring, you're going to get a pot and a pan. Because he don't know, because he's stupid, okay? He just don't know, all right? See, some of you expect that you're expecting new golf clubs, and you know what? You're not going to get it. And so, because you've not said, you've just hinted, and they don't get your mind. They can't read your mind, so you say, you should have known, and you're going to go to bed mad. You're going to be mad all week. So if you'll just lower those expectations of people, and you'll raise your expectations of God, you will have a very Merry Christmas. Amen. Jesus said this, Matthew 11, look what it says. Jesus said this. I want you to read these first three words out loud with me. You ready? Come on, let's read them together. Come to me. Oh, say it again. You ready? Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you what? So why won't you come to him? Why won't you just ask, why won't you begin to ask God for more and expect for more? You see, we don't want to, we don't want to pray. You know, we don't think a lot of prayer. The reason is because we don't, we don't expect God to answer our prayer going in, so we don't expect Him to answer them after we leave prayer, right? But if you begin to expect God when you pray to do something, guess what? When you, when you get up from that place, you'll start expecting Him to do something after you leave the prayer. He says, come to me if you need rest. He goes on, take my yoke. Would you circle that word yoke? Again, we talked a little bit about this at our church last week. The yoke is not an egg I'm talking about. It's like, you know, what they put between two oxen to pull a cart. It's something to help them pull together. He says, take my yoke upon you. And these next three words, and learn from who? Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your what? That means inner being. You'll find peace. Let me say this to you. Three things Jesus said right there if you want to have a Merry Christmas. Number one, come to me. Number two, partner with me. And number three, learn from me. I got, I got one question before I let you go. Now let me ask you this question. Do you think God knows a little bit more than you? I mean, that's not God. Do you think God knows a little bit more than you? 
Maybe just a little bit more. Jesus knows just a little bit more. So why wouldn't you learn from him? We say at SEC here, you can't do better, be better till you know better. And so why don't, why don't you make it a habit, this 2017 this year, since God knows more than you, why don't you spend a little more time seeking his advice and expecting a little bit more from him and quit counting on so many other people in your life? Lower that expectation a little bit. Amen? I'm going to learn from Jesus. You know what? Jesus knows Rhonda better than me. That's why when we have a little, you know, one of those times not so happy around our home. Oh, you don't have those. I'm sorry. We have them times where we're just, you know, not quite, quite together. I had to go talk to Jesus. And I asked Jesus, I prayed. And guess what? It's amazing how many times I can go back with the right attitude. And she prays too. And it's amazing how, you know, she can come back with the right. And we're able to just, that's how we've been married for over 30 years. We both know how to talk to Jesus because he knows me a lot better than she does and, she, and uh, he knows her a lot better than I know her. So tonight I want to challenge you. The next step on your connection card is this. It simply says this on the back. I will make learning from Jesus a priority in 2017. Why don't you go ahead and make that decision tonight? so that you can do better and be better in 2017. Listen, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get what you've always got, and that's stupid. Jesus is inviting you. Come to me, partner with me, and learn from me, and you'll have better. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you tonight. I'd like you to stand with me, and we're going to sing this song together as soon as I complete this prayer. This is what I want you to know. If you will practice these things that I just talked to you about, then guess what? You will be having the light come on in your heart, and you're actually hanging a peace wreath on the door of your heart. And this Christmas, that's what we want for you, and that's what God wants for you this Christmas. As peace is hanging on the door of your heart. Amen. Let's sing this together. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.